We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Where's the tackle? Watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football. Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. And I'm still your host, Travis May. And if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to in-season and college NFL breakdowns to NFL draft coverage like we're going to get into today, all the way to discussions as to who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we always talk about some fantasy football since this is a Rotoviz radio podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And the regulars have joined me once again. If you guys have listened to this show very often, I feel like they they jump in about every four or five weeks or so to talk college football, talk NFL, talk everything with me. But I'm joined again by Stéphane Lecoe, at Stéphane Lecoe on Twitter, and Matt Wispay, at Wispy the Kid on Twitter. They are the hosts of the Rotoviz College Football Show and a part of our Debbie ranking and writing team here at Rotoviz. And today, you know what, on this special show, I mean, last week we kind of already covered some of the free agency buzz and things like that. And I'm sure right about now, all the shows that you listen to are talking about the same six to seven or eight free agency signings. And then like five minutes after they release their podcast, five more players are going to get signed. And then all the things that they're going to talk about will be void instantly. So in order to avoid that this week, we wanted to give you a podcast, maybe maybe the only podcast on your entire feed that is not going to be talking about NFL free agency. 
uh, and jump into more rookie talk for the 2021 class. And we've already put together a couple big boards when Stefan and Matt joined me before, but we're just going to go a little bit deeper and talk about 36 different players on this special episode, except we're going to do a little bit funky. So rather than just going one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way down to 36, we're going to do that. But if any of us make a pick that the others don't think is appropriate at that pick slot, each of us have two challenges to basically good to say "Uh -uh, nope you're wrong that is not the pick right here and let's say i wanted to challenge matt uh stefan would then be the one to me (laughs) he would be the one to make the decision as to which one of us uh, in our pick was the correct play at that pick slot so we got six total challenges to play with in, in this draft shout out to matt mccoy for this idea uh, about six months ago we were on an nfl mock draft podcast and that one of the most fun episodes I've ever done of any show on the thousand plus radio spots and podcasts I've done. It was it was just one of my favorites of all time. So hopefully we'll have some fun, tell each other we're wrong. But first, before we dive in, I just got to say hello to my guests and stop talking. <laughs> Matt, Stefan, thanks for joining me. Yeah, man. Always good to always good to be on with you. Yeah, man. Hi. <laughs> Hold on. Say it. In the, I think our, our guests missed that that tone there. What was that? Hi. Gosh, man! I'm in such a mood. I don't know what's going on. I don't know on what's going today. on. I'm in such a weird place. You got some, I'm okay with it. some Cane's chicken fingers, and you got I don't know what else in your system. So, something, something's making you making you weird. Hopefully, it messes with your picks, and maybe maybe you actually hold off on taking Justin Fields too high in this draft. But we'll see. We will see. But Matt is an Ohio State fan, and when, and I put up with that, being the Boilermaker that I am. And Stefan, I mean, he's a little bit of everything. Like, he, he, what you love Seahawks, you love Oregon, you love Miami, like. Like Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, go, what is baby. this? Like what is <laughs> a little bit of That's everything. What happens, it's what happens when you grow up in West Africa and you just kind of have to root for whatever teams you yeah. can get your hands on. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's it's all <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah. Well, hey, that's okay. Weird is good. Weird, weird, right. weird can be good, but uh, we'll see how weird this mock draft goes. We're going to going to be talking about. We're going to assume that we are playing in a fantasy football league here. We're not drafting the real NFL draft, and we are playing in a super flex format. So you can start two quarterbacks in your league. There's no tight end premium or anything like that. So don't go reaching for some tight end four, five, six, seven. Or I will use one of my challenges to say, "Nope, you are incorrect." And if those rules didn't make sense, uh, I'm sorry. But basically, each of us have two challenges to use to prove the other one wrong. And the third person gets to say which person has the right pick. And that's the official pick in this draft. So 36 picks on the clock. It's me here first. Not going to talk a lot about about not going to talk a lot about this first pick because it's obvious who the number one overall consensus player is in Superflex rookie drafts this year in the 2021 NFL draft class, and that is Trevor Lawrence of Clemson. At this point, we've been talking about this guy for five plus years. Uh, he's he's got some underrated mobility and uh, uh, incredible accuracy downfield, although that's been picked apart a little bit as of late. But the truth is, he's going to be the, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Does anybody, either one of you, disagree? Like seriously, at this point, with with this kind of pick, want to use your Not challenge? I want to. Uh, I, I would like to, but I'm not going to. I, I think it's, again, I, I've said this probably on like 27 different podcasts. I think it's a matter of preference. Assuming that everything we keep hearing about my guy Justin Fields is a little bit of a smokescreen, and he's not really plummeting in the draft, and he's going to end up going in the top three, which I, I still don't see a path to him not. 
I think it's a sort of a preference play here because I, I think Lawrence is a little bit safer because we we've seen that model. I think you're looking at a prospect kind of like an Andrew Luck who is mobile, but that's not really his game. He's incredibly accurate, but he isn't like, doesn't need to be a statue in order to be accurate. Um, I, I think he's a really good player. I just think if you prefer the Lamar Jackson types who can get 3000 and 1000, then maybe you go with fields, but I can't fault you. Lawrence wasn't one on my board, but he is, he is two. So, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad uh, you were the only one I was worried about using a challenge at the first overall slot to tell me I was wrong. I'm not wasting one there. (laughs) Yeah, you you would have gotten trumped probably by uh, Stefan's vote there. Absolutely. Uh, And you know what? Just to mess mess with this order, I did allow Stefan to have the second pick just so it wouldn't be an obvious selection here at the, the, the two slots. So. First off the board, I think I've never actually had the first pick in any of these mocks that we've done together. So I was like, I'm going to have the first pick. Just knock the easy one out of the way. But I am curious, Stefan, now that you're on the clock, pick two, are you going to go with with Matt's homer pick or are you going to stray away? Well, I mean, I think there's good reason why we've seen uh, Zach Wilson shoot up draft boards in the last few weeks. But but I but I still (laughs) am on Team Justin Fields. To me, it's it's not even all that close. We had um, Matt Hicks on our show uh, earlier this week, the uh, FF underscore educator, and he he agreed with us. And he, I think he really brought in some some really good points about the Justin Fields. Something he said that really stuck with me is uh, Fields is a lot closer to the one than he is to the three in this quarterback class. And, and I agree with that. I put him closer to uh, Trevor Lawrence than I do to Zach Wilson. So Justin Fields for me, he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the arm strength. People question about his ability to to read defenses and see the whole field. I think that's pretty common for young guys, and I think he'll develop into an absolute uh, superstar franchise quarterback. So Justin Fields, 102 for me, pretty easy. Awesome. I am not going to use my challenge there, and I doubt Matt will try to use his challenge unless he just wants to get him on his team. That there's not a real team. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to debate at this point. I, I think. Justin Fields is is the no brainer one B. Like to me, he is right there, uh, right next to Trevor Lawrence in this class. And then there is a Grand Canyon size gap, and then everyone else. I mean, when you mix their analytical profiles and the safety of the competition that they played against, I mean, like the the, the three and four we're we're talking about. I don't know, maybe maybe Trey Lance and Zach Wilson are three and four in this class at the position. Maybe Mac Jones for some some people, but I mean, the competition level for Lance and Wilson when compared to Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, it's like <laughs> it, it's it's fifty. It's like fifty million miles of difference. Uh, so I think if you're going for a mix of upside with the rushing ability of Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, uh, but not quite the rushing upside that maybe Trey Lance has, but you want the safety of the pedigree and the performance at the highest level that they possibly could have. It, it, these are the one, two for, for fantasy football purposes. But I am curious now that uh, his, his bay is off the board, uh, which direction Mr. Wispay is going to go at the pick three here. Yeah, this one's tough. I have a couple options. We can name names because everyone knows the names. Uh, part of me thinks that Zach Wilson is probably the appropriate pick based on projected draft capital. We've seen some skills out of or some traits out of him that make him impressive. Um, I think of the people on the board right now, he may have the most likely to change your fantasy, your dynasty team for the longest term. But with that being said, I'm going to go with the guy that I thought was the 101 going into the year in uh, non-Superflex leagues. Oh, uh, the one wide receiver that I believe is 
still a pretty clear cut above everyone, and that is Jamar Chase. You can pick him apart because you didn't see him this year. You can try and make claims that he isn't going to be, he didn't have the season like Devonta Smith, and you can love Devonta Smith, I do too, but there's a reason why Jamar Chase was able to sit out this year, and pretty much no one is batting an eye that he's still going to be worthwhile of a top like one-third of the first round. Yeah, give me Jamar Chase, uh, the guy that was pretty much the one when Justin Jefferson was still on the team. Wow. You know what? That's that's a little surprising. Uh, and I, I was thinking about challenging even, but I'm, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to save it and tell you that you're wrong later on. A little bit too early for that. I mean, we've got a lot, a lot of... Uh, a lot of picks to go here, but uh, Stefan, what any thoughts on Chase here? I mean, I, I have him as my wide receiver one now. Um, I've been I've been flip flopping him and Devonta for the last couple of weeks. Like during the season, I'd moved Devonta Smith up, but now getting closer to the draft, I think Jamar Chase is is my wide receiver one. Um, I wouldn't have picked him next myself. Uh, I would have gone uh, with a different position, but uh, I can't argue. I'm not going to challenge this one. It's it's a good pick. He's a he's the type of guy who's going to be in the NFL most likely for a really long time, producing at a high level. So yeah. I'm just going to sit over here and eat my Texas toast. That's right. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, I'll uh, buy you some time here and uh, not make a pick that you're going to challenge either, Mr. Wispay. Uh, I, I almost considered doing the outlandish uh, and just making a ridiculous pick here at pick number four, but I'm actually going to stay pretty chalky in terms of my board and go with Mr. Travis Etienne, stay with my namesake in this NFL draft, because at pick four, getting the player that I believe to be the best running back in this class, yes, I know Najee Harris is big. Uh, yes, he had a pretty decent uh, fill-out season with uh, his receptions, and even even just two years ago, he had a decent receiving season, getting some receiving touchdowns that year. Had like over, what, 20 touchdowns this year. Just a, a scoring monster, lots of strength, but I'm going with the guy that functioned as the de facto wide receiver two for the Clemson off- offense this year at the running back position. And that's Travis Etienne, man. He's He's got the contact balance. He's got the 4.41 second 40 uh, at his pro day here recently. Uh, he's got the speed, and he did did it at a, a thicker weight than a lot of people thought he played at, too. So he was a lot of people thought he was more close to 200 pounds, checked in at 215 on his, on his pro day, and then ran a 4.41. So if he gets down to playing weight and it's more like 208, and he can actually run sub 4-4, that's, that's ridiculous speed. And, and to have the production profile that he did, uh, both balanced as a runner and a receiver, man, Travis Etienne just feels like my running back one just hands down. Anybody want to challenge me here at uh, pick number four? And no, but he's not the running back one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I we'll don't see. want to challenge you because then you would have to take the guy that I have as my running back one. So I'm um, going to oh, be boy. selfish here. Oh, boy. Well, hey, your running back one, I guess, can go off the board unless you go back to the quarterback well here, Mr. Stefan. So who do you got at pick five? Let's keep it rolling. Yeah, I've got Najee Harris here. Uh, No secret that I'm in love with this man. Um, And yes, I know that sounds weird, but I just can't help it. Uh, 6'2", 230, he can fly, he can catch, he can block. Uh, There's not much he can't do. I mean, I I haven't seen him throw a football, but he probably wouldn't be worse than, (laughs) you know, like a Tim Tebow type, I'm sure. So I love love Najee Harris. I think he's going to have an absolutely uh, fantastic career. I can't really... um, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know he's going to be the first running back taken, but he's going to have pretty good draft capital. I can't see him. I mean, worst case scenario, he's the RB3 taken in the NFL draft. I think yeah. he's going to be able to produce right away. Worst case scenario, you're looking at like a Dobbin situation where he has to wait a year um, and just gets some playing time. 
But um, I like him. I like him a lot. He's got a body that can withstand a beating in the NFL. And uh, yeah, he's my RB one because he just produces. And for a guy that like I, I was skeptical on, you know, just if he'd be able to do it another year, different offense with a, you know, not, not a completely different offense, but different quarterback. He just impressed me. The dude jumps over people, makes one-handed catches. <laughs> yeah. Nothing he can't do. You can't can't knock him. I mean, like seriously, it, it, when you break him down analytically, it's it's kind of fun because he seriously had 26 touchdowns this this past season. He had the second most rushing yards in all of college football, and basically one out of every ten t- like touches that he had on the ground went for a score. Like, and if you look at his like touchdown percentage just on outside runs, like he just was, you know, he gets if he gets ahead of steam going. And and he's running outside. People just bounce off the dude. One out of every eight carries on outside runs went for a touchdown this year. Uh, just nuts. just a ridiculous, a ridiculous specimen, ridiculous person. Say what? And I heard he's a hippo. Yeah. <laughs> when we were messing around with themes for this show, we were talking about like you know, should we do a special animal cop show? And yeah, I I, I said Najee Harris is like a a hippo. He's a lot faster than you think. He's crazy fast and strong. He will kill you if uh, you underestimate him. And, and so, yeah, that was... <laughs> the number one killer of man. I mean, I get yeah. it. Yeah, he's a monster. Absolute monster. So, yeah, Najee Harris, pick five. I'm not going to challenge. Matt, you, you going to challenge right here? Or are you sticking, holding off? Nah, I'm good. Okay. I'm not okay. going to challenge you. Through five um, picks, no that was That challenges. was my... That would probably be my, my pick here as well. Um, hmm. He's sitting on the board. I know he's... This wouldn't. Uh, this would be a spot where, if I was looking at this spot, I probably want to would want to trade back. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I'm going to take the wide receiver that pretty much had the greatest wide receiver season that we've seen, and he did it the year after my first pick had the greatest wide receiver season we'd ever seen. And I'm going to take Devonta Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, about a billion touchdowns. Uh, obviously, he did it without <laughs> the more uh, most more athletic wide receiver on the team available, yeah. but. Smith proved that he was about as polished as you can be at that level. And in an appropriate scheme, you know he's going to be fantasy goodness. So I, I'm not a BMI guy. I don't I don't care about BMI. Um, anyone who tells you he's small, I don't care. He he doesn't play small. Uh, I understand that. If all players are bigger, I don't care. Devonta Smith, early draft capital, a really ridiculous uh, peak season. And if any of you challenge this, it's just because you want Devonta Smith in another pick. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I do kind of want Devonta Try. Smith. If this was a real league, yeah, I would absolutely want him on my my team. But uh, yeah, in terms of yak per target, he was fifth this year, and he was number one in the nation uh, the year prior to that. So over a two year span, the dude is just a yak monster. And you would think, you know, you know, even when he's got those deeper targets and things like that from Mac Jones, that you know he wouldn't obviously be a slam dunk guy for yak because he finishes in the end zone, but he he really does add yak on just about every reception and to be top five two years in a row. And really, the only guys that that were ahead of him this year were super small sample wide receivers with less than fifty catches, all four of which were from G five schools. So the guy is just super efficient, super fast, and yeah, I don't really care that he's skinny. So I'm not going to try to challenge that. You going to challenge here, Stefan? Nope. He's he was he's my number six player, my wide receiver too. So awesome, keeping right it boring, keeping it boring. I love it. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get. To, you know, they're all going to come at one time now. I feel like. Oh yeah, like this. Man, this next middle pick. of the second round, we're just going to be firing like, out challenges and yep. everything. 
Yep, I, I, it may come right here. We'll see. But I'm going to go at the, the pick seven. Again, through for, through the first six picks, we got Trevor Lawrence, Clemson quarterback, Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback, Jamar Chase, wide receiver LSU, Travis Etienne, running back Clemson, Najee Harris, running back Alabama, and sixth pick, Devontae Smith, wide receiver Alabama. On to the seventh slot. I am up, and I'm going to take Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State here. And this is a play just based on I really love his dual threat ability. I think he's got the most ridiculous physical tools uh, left on the board at the position. Uh, way more upside is in terms of a rusher for fantasy football purposes than Zach Wilson. Plus, I think he's got the arm, and he had basically the most efficient season possible you can have, uh, albeit against lower levels of competition in 2019. So Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. I love that 1,000-plus yard rushing season. And 28 touchdowns to zero interceptions with the upside of the the athleticism and arm strength. It's just the whole package for me. So I'm gonna go the considering it is super flex and we, we can start two quarterbacks. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Trey Lance here. Any challenges? Oh, I mean Where's I don't he know. gonna get drafted? Serious question. I know we're all like we assume I, I think I, I'm I've come around to there will be five quarterbacks taken in the first round in yeah. some capacity. I've I've come around to this whole idea that He's probably going to go top 15. But if we're fairly certain one, two, three, go quarterback, yeah. do we think another team is going to trade up to four? Do we think someone else is going to try to get up into the top like eight picks to try and get Trey Lance, which I love Trey Lance. I, I'm with you on it. But if you trade up to get Trey Lance in the top eight and you're coming from like 14, I have no idea what the draft is. So no one like look at 14, 15. <laughs> um, but if you're coming from that middle of the draft range, middle of the first round range to try and trade up to get Trey Lance, doesn't that feel like a real risky move? Like one that yeah. if it goes even kind of bad for a year, you're fired. I, I I don't think I can challenge this. I think again, him and Wilson is probably preference because Lance is a Lance is more likely to be a high upside fantasy quarterback because he yeah. can run. Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, I think if Zach Wilson gets picked number two overall. There's no chance that when we get to consensus mock draft that Trey Lance is going above him. Yeah. And this is, I mean, we're sitting here in the middle of March and it's still not absolutely written in Sharpie who's going to be going first and who's going to have the best landing spot. Because, I mean, honestly, whoever goes to the Jets, like their career is over. So, like, I don't I don't really want to, you know. Zach. Yeah, if it's Zach Wilson, like congratulations, your career's over. Bye. And so, like whoever goes to the Jets, it's it's death. So I, I don't even necessarily want that to be the guy that I'm targeting targeting in, in rookie drafts. So, so yeah, I. But glad to hear I'm not getting a challenge just yet. But Stefan at eight, who are you going with? So I have my big board up here, and I'm not going to follow it, which means I have to change it. So um, <laughs> I'm actually going to go with wide receiver. Jalen Waddle. I'm a little, the only reason he's, you know, I think a tier below the other two guys is because some of us are still not exactly sure what to do with how he looked limping around the field in that last game he played. I mean, we were all, I mean, I at least was pretty, I found a little bit heart wrenching seeing him wobble around after each catch and like looking like his leg was going to fall off. But I'm thinking that this off season, he's going to be able to get back up to, uh, to, to top speed the dude's just a freak unbelievable speed he's 
a little thicker than people think. Like he's not just like a toothpick and he can just <laughs> fly. My only fear with him is that he ends up in a real crap offense and we see kind of like what happened to rugs. Like yeah. I would hate that. Like I do not want to see him go no. to Baltimore or anything like that. I want to see him uh, be able to go to a, a, a team that can utilize his speed and his athleticism. But uh, to me, Jalen Waddle has the potential to just, he, he has a potential to make a huge impact on your team and just, yeah, I was gonna say rip the roof off. Is that an expression? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it should English be. English is not my first language. I mean, but de- the dude, the dude can break it open, and I, I, I think he's just an absolute stud. Uh, I man. badly want to challenge this. When <laughs> analytics website, he has the worst draft profile. Yeah. The last time we saw him, he looked like dude, he was gonna die. Except the last, <laughs> but but we were talking about him earlier this year, and you were oh, pushing him my up wide receiver to your too. number. Yeah, you were pushing him all yeah. the way up. So you oh, you said I don't care. I usually care. I don't care. This guy is different. He is a freak, and and that's what I'm going with. Like, man, I'm not. I mean, he's. he's I'm going to challenge him because like, I'm going to challenge just because I want to see. One percent college dominator. I'm challenging. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Come on now. I'm challenging. So I'm going to oh, waste my challenge here. I'm going to waste my challenge here because I know oh. that Matt Wispay doesn't doesn't want. You know what? No, I'm going to get strategic because I know who he would not pick here. Uh, I'm gonna just I'm gonna put Zach Wilson up for challenge here and just see if that the the, the quarterback premium would outweigh the Jalen Waddle, knowing that the draft capital is probably coming for both of them really. Uh, but you know Zach Wilson putting up like a 95th plus percentile analytically sound profile in his final season against lower level competition. I don't necessarily like Zach Wilson. He's like my quarterback four or five. But Wispay, who is it? Is it, is it going to be – I can't believe I'm actually challenging with Zach Wilson. He's not my dude. <laughs> but is it Zach Wilson or Jalen Waddle here? I hate myself so much. It's <laughs> it's Zach Wilson, and it's it's 100% draft capital and positional, positional premium. I, I like Jalen Waddle. I'm going to tell you guys right now, Jalen Waddle will not be the 109 um, oh, wow. for me. Wow. Uh, I'm going to let him slip another one um, because I'm a <laughs> dick, and you'll see why. <laughs> I, I don't like I said with Lance I don't think that if he actually goes number two and by all accounts right now Zach Wilson is going to be the second quarterback taken he's going to go at pick two which means that yeah that you okay. he's not going to fall to 108 okay and with that being said this is where I'm a jerk yeah because my pick it's Javante Williams. Oh come on! <laughs> come on, dude! You're gonna just, just snipe me. This right isn't. Before. So, this actually uh, isn't super strategic. It's because while I do like Rondale Moore, Bateman, Waddle, all three of those guys would be my. They'd be my next tier of wide receivers up. Sheesh. In fact, it goes more Bateman, Waddle. So I can't take. I cannot take Waddle, even though I, when I've seen him at his best, he is my favorite. Because I've never seen Rondell Moore play an amazing game. That one game didn't happen. We've all established this. <laughs> but Javante Williams getting the last of the really, really, I'm confident in running backs, even though I'm not super confident. I was going to say, you're not uh, confident in Javante at all. I, I'm more <laughs> confident this... in him than I am in uh, Jermar, and Jermar is my next one. So um, that is... That is where I'm going with this. I'm taking Javante Williams. Number Man. one, it's because Travis can't challenge it because he knows it's right. Yeah. And number that's, two, that's the right it's call. because there is a massive tear gap at the running back position. Mm. And I don't think there is a big one at wide receiver, which is why I didn't want to take Devonta Smith and why I would have been trading back. Okay. Well, 
this is weird. So I, I, I challenged with a player that I don't even really like, and then I don't even get the player that I do like. Uh, so I'm up here now. Uh, just just to recap the seven, eight, and nine. It's Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, not uh, not Jalen Waddle. That was the, my first challenge, and then Javante Williams at the nine slot. And then number 10, I feel a challenge coming here. Uh, But I'm going to go with my dude, Rondale Moore, who just absolutely beat Ohio State into the ground in 2018, and I will never forget it. (laughs) But uh, so is there a challenge from any of you guys to, you know, go after a player who won the Paul Hornung Award as a true freshman and basically had a perfect production profile after one season? I like how you uh, already put your argument in place before anyone could challenge. <laughs> Any challengers? Rondale Moore. I just laid out my board. Zero. You already know Moore's at the top of my list, so I'm with you on Moore. Okay. Stefan, you want to challenge? Just go back to your boy Jalen Waddell? Or? I mean, they're close to me. Um, I okay. think if Waddles doesn't have any question marks around his health, Definitely, he should be going first. But yeah, and um, Rondale, I mean, at, I don't know. Yeah, Rondale had you know he had the hyperextension and weird right. situation with that too. But still, I just I love what he does. Uh, had uh, was running a four three in high school, just an absolute gym rat. You know, just to use a, a stupid stupid cliche. Uh, Got to use at least one or two or three or seven cliches per podcast for sure. But yep. uh, back to you, Stefan, just to keep it rolling. We got Rondale Moore at the 10 slot. Now are you going to go back to the well of Jalen Waddle here at pick 11? Yep. I mean, he's still he's still the guy ranked at the top of my board. The, the person. So I did jump over Javante Williams for Jalen Waddle that last go around. So, you know, it's actually working out beautiful because I'm okay. getting my uh, eighth ranked, seventh, eighth ranked player hey. this late. And I'm, I'm happy with it. That, I already told you why I like him. Yeah, man, that, that's killing it. I, I'm not going to argue there. Not going to challenge. And I, I doubt at this point, Wispy, you want you want to challenge either. Do you? No, I don't. But now he's I got a, a face that says he does. Like but <laughs> all right. So to round out round one, I, we've only used one out of the total possible six challenges, never, which is we've mine. Not finished round one. I still have a. Pick. I know. I know. The last. Okay. <laughs> teeing you up here. The last pick of the first round is who? Kyle Pitts. Oh, that's Kyle how Pitts. Have, that's how I have it too. No challenge on, you know, on my end here. I was the first thing I was going to say. I was like, "Wow, we made it through the first round without Kyle Pitts," but we did not. Okay. So why, even though it is a tight end. Are you confident taking it's him It's because it, it's largely because I think Kyle Pitts has dynasty franchise changing uh, ability. I think we could be looking at the next Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, George Kittle type of fantasy contributor. And because of that, he is going to make a bigger impact than the guy that I have ranked one slot above him, who I hope is your pick next. But I'm a huge fan of him. I think that he'll be an instantaneous red zone option for whatever team he goes to. I think he will be one of the three or four most athletic tight ends once he jumps into the league. And I think there's a reason why at the beginning of this year there was, oh, there's a tier of three guys. And by the end of it, there's a tier of one. There is Mm -hmm. one tight end that should be considered high. Even in tight end premium leagues, he's the only guy I would take in the first. And yeah, it's, it's Kyle Pitts, which is... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's why, I, and I'm really happy with your next pick. Um, it's why I was uh, struggling a little bit because I don't typically like tight end, but guys that can change change the dynamic of your dynasty team, you take. Absolutely. I'm not going to challenge. You going to challenge Stefan? Nope. He he I had him as my uh I had him above Trey Lance. Well, there All you right? go. <laughs> you got a challenge way back then. Man. I, I feel lucky to avoid the, to have avoided that challenge. But uh so that's the first round. Uh and but we are going to get to round 2 and 3 in more of a lightning format, uh, less detailed here, but just to get as many names out there for you as possible. Want to recap two more rounds after this. But first a word from our sponsors. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening in to another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business or the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. All right, so we're back and just kicking off round two. I'm not going to delay, and I think my next pick here is going to be a player that I think Wispe almost took in the first round. I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. We wouldn't be a road of his podcast if we let Rashad Bateman keep falling because the dude, analytically speaking, has just about a near-perfect profile. If you look at his overall adjusted production index, taking a look at his dominator, his yards per team pass attempt, and his touchdowns per team pass attempt, he's easily a 90th percentile or better wide receiver prospect. Had that early breakout season, just kept on dunking on people over and over and over, and even in a small sample size this year, absolutely killed it. So any votes against Mr. Rashad Bateman here? 
<laughs> that's, nope. That seems... That's, yeah, no. he, was, he, was he was the next guy on my list. He was the next guy on my list, too. I think the biggest thing that you did, forgot to talk about with Bateman is he did that early breakout year with a legit NFL wide receiver who is starting to impress everyone now in Tyler Johnson. So right. 100% all in on this Bateman pick. I think it's the right pick. And it's why I was mad when I had to decide between him and Pitts. All right. Well, it sounds like I'm a really smart guy. I appreciate you guys for that, yeah. uh, for that vote of confidence uh, in my drafting skills here. Uh, but to, kicking it over to you, Stefan, at 2.02, the 14th overall pick, who's your guy? Okay. So do I take the next guy on my board or do I like, I know he will still be around first. I know y'all will challenge him. Second, <laughs> I still know he'll be around, but I'm going to throw him out here just because I want people to know how much I love Diami Brown. Challenge. I love him. You Challenge. thought I was going to say Marvin Mims just taking him a year early. <laughs> no, Diami Brown is just a freak athlete. I love the dude. He is just next level when it comes to his A dot, his ability to get down the field. I think he is Antonio Brown type Whew. high praise. upside. Yeah. When, when you just look at what he's like, just watch some highlights. The dude just gets open. He has great separation. He has a great release off the line of scrimmage. I think his his catch rate was close to 65% this past year, and that's with an 18.5 A dot. Like, that is insane. Usually when you have such a high A dot, you're not hauling in 65% of your catches. He is no. <laughs> an absolute dynamic freak. I can't wait to have him on every one of my teams because I'm willing to take him early in the second round. Man. I don't care what you hate challenge. or say. <laughs> okay, challenge, challenge from Mr. Wispay. Challenge, challenge, challenge. Who are you going to put Terrace here? Marshall. Terrace uh, Marshall. He was the next guy, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy with Terrace, too. I've got him as my wide receiver seven. Diami is my wide receiver six. Wait, and that's why Travis has a, decided that he's going to tell me that he hasn't made quick, his ruling yet. Real quick, though, <laughs> I, I will just say, in a real draft, I would have gone Terrace first because I know Diami is going to stick around a little bit longer. Yes. But for the sake of this exercise, I just wanted people to know where I've got Brown. Okay. Well, so it's it's weird because I like both these guys too. It sounds like we're, we're these are basically in similar tiers of players. Uh, but for me, I'm actually going to say at this point, because I find myself putting Diami higher and higher and Terrace Marshall a little bit lower and lower, I'm going to say that I'm going to stay. I'm, I'm going to say, sorry, Matt, uh, sticking with Stefan and his pick of Diami Brown because, I mean, it, his ridiculous he really did clean up his drops because i guess it was two years ago he did kind of struggle with drops but this past season like you mentioned the outrageous catch percentage and two back-to-back seasons of 50 plus receptions on over that a thousand yards averaging over 20 yards per reception he's been the best deep threat in all of college football all of college football so diami brown here at 2.02 that may seem surprising. That may be a fiery take for some people, but I think he's <laughs> going to be rising uh, even even as we approach the NFL draft. That's fine. You guys can have him. I'm taking the last <laughs> one. <laughs> All right, so Matt, that is your first challenge. You got one remaining. Use it wisely. You're up here. We'll see if we we send a challenge your way. So Matt, two point oh three. Who you got? Well, I know this. I know that Stefan's going to want to challenge this pick because I know he doesn't have him in his top thirty six. He's wrong to not have him in his top 36. No, it's not. It's not 2-2. It's, it's Elijah Moore. Um, I love Elijah Moore. I've loved him for two full seasons. Uh, yep. Right after Metcalf and A.J. Brown left, I, I pointed at Moore and said, that dude's about to blow up. He blew up. He uh, peed in the back of a, the end zone. It was real fun. Elijah Moore is a really, really good receiver. Do I think he's going to ever be like a team's one? No, probably not. Do I think he's going to be one of the better slot receivers or better kind of wide receiver twos 
on any team. I really do. I think that this guy has the profile of a guy that is going to be very productive for fantasy teams for a long time. I'm just going to challenge just based on the fact that you wanted me to take Terrace Marshall in front of Brown, and here he is still on the board, and you skipped over him for more. To me, Terrace has a six foot three, 200 pounds. He's got like seven inches on Elijah Moore. The dude's a beast to me. I think I think Terrace Marshall has to be the next wide receiver off the board ahead of Moore. All right. I'm sorry. Sweet. Is height the contributing factor for so all wide receivers? Always? I get to be. No, but but I'm just saying the dude also has speed. He's also a red zone threat. Like what can what can Moore do that Marshall can't be 50 percent of an offense? You just said he's probably not going to be a number one at the NFL level. Terrace Marshall has the opportunity, the build, the speed, the pedigree to be a wide receiver one. Don't you roll your eyes at me, young man. <laughs> young man. Respect your elders. <laughs> I can see you on this podcast. Oh my gosh. I wish we had video just for this one. This this would have been this would have been this would have been the one just for the facial expressions here. So I get to be the judge and jury here. Two picks in a row, and I get to shut down the person who challenged two times in a row. So this is great. So I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. I've been rising, have him rising and rising and rising up my, my boards as well in, in Superflex and whatever format. It doesn't matter because the dude had, he's got the earlier breakout. He's got the ridiculous market share. And using my adjusted production index, he's got the highest rating of any Power 5 wide receiver in this class outside of Devontae Smith's peak production. Uh, so uh, just an absolute monster. Yes, I do think he's going to be mostly a slot wide receiver, but when he did go outside, he was even more effective and more efficient on the outside in his, in, in the 2020 season, averaging uh, way more uh, yards per reception. And was even, even his catch rate, was, uh, given the expectation at his depth of target, was higher than it should have been on the outside. So I think he can be uh, a line you up anywhere kind of player. We saw Justin Jefferson just do it a year ago. So I hope that's the case with Elijah Moore. Sorry, 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 Stefan. I'm, I'm sticking with Elijah Moore here, but actually, you want to take Terrace Marshall with your next pick. <laughs> how, how did you know? Actually, yeah. you know, it wasn't because I wanted to take Terrace Marshall at this pick, but I am going to take Terrace Marshall at this pick because I, I have been moving Diami up. I have been moving Elijah up, uh, but I've been moving down uh, Terrace Marshall just a bit. I, I do like his upside and, and his size and really to knock a guy who couldn't, you know, dominate an offense. He was sharing it with Jamar Chase, the you know, obvious wide receiver one in this class to many. And then Justin Jefferson as well at the same time, the dude who just killed it in his first NFL season and is is many people's top 2020 wide receiver one as well. So I, I am curious. We just saw him have a way worse quarterback play this past season and still put up a bonkers t- touchdown percentage when he was on the field. Uh, so I think he does have a lot of potential. I think this wide receiver class is just really, really stinking deep. There may be a slight perceived tear break here, so I, I am curious to see which direction you guys go. Uh, but no one's challenging this given what we've just talked about, right? Correct. Don't tempt me. I just sometimes I just no. I, I only <laughs> have one left. I'm saving it for when you okay. mistakenly take somebody. Okay. Uh, I, or for when Stefan takes Kylan Hill next. So oh my gosh. God, are you staring at my board? <laughs> All right, Stefan, pick 2.05. But he is up there. Pick 2.05. Oh, Who you got, Stefan? He's a fifth quarterback off the board. And to me, you know, this is a late, late enough that I, it feels like a value pick. I don't think he has tremendous upside, but we've seen that he's super accurate. He may not be the most athletic 
but he can he can get the job done as we just saw uh, what he was able to do at Alabama. He might be the type of guy that's more of a game manager, but you know what? They put up fantasy points too, especially when they're uh, managing to score a lot of touchdowns. So Mac Jones feels like a safe pick here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm no no argument for me. Uh, uh, are you lower on on Mac Jones, Matt? No, to be honest, I think he's at. I think he still sits as my like. If if I were picking players, he's probably my QB three. I'm mm-hmm. the most confident in his ability as a passer yeah. of that non Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence tier. The only reason fantasy wise why he maybe dips down to four or five is just because it's really hard for statues to keep up uh, mm-hmm. scoring wise. And he's going to be a statue. So um, I love the pick here at two or five. I think he's he's a pretty solid value in this range. I don't have any reason to challenge it. OK, yeah, I'm not either. So let's keep it rolling. Matt, about halfway through the second round here. I'm going with. um a wide receiver that's getting a little bit of buzz that I'm not really a huge fan of, but he's pretty athletic. It's Kadarius Tony. Seems like he's getting that uh, early round two capital. Seems like there were people who liked him more than Rondale Moore who were wrong and bad at their job. But if he's going to get that kind of capital, he's going to get to the field. Oh boy. Uh, I don't love his production profile. I don't actually, I, I thought he was a dude that should have been used more earlier. And then when he wasn't, he pushed pretty far down my board. But with that being said, you can't argue with draft capital. And Kadarius Tony at this point feels like a nice value. Well, I'm going to challenge them, uh, and I'm going to make it really fun because I'm going to say that I would go with Mr. Brevin Jordan, tight end, instead of Kadarius Tony right here. And I know you're giving me a face right now, Matt Wispay, but uh, Bre- Brevin Jordan and Pratt, Pat Farmer. Huh? Sorry? He's not even my tight end, too. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. You can be wrong. It's okay. But uh, seriously, Brevin and Pat Frymuth are probably going to be first-round tight ends, if not top 40 picks in this draft. And they're going to get hyped up. They're going to rise up boards. They keep on dropping over and over again. And when I did the poll mock in, in January and early February, neither of the tight ends even made it into round two, which is just – sorry, That's just that just feels wrong given they're going to have – uh, top tier pedigree and, and maybe early early opportunity. So Brevin Jordan versus Kadarius Tony, both of them probably getting capital. So what, what do you think, Stefan? I have Brevin Jordan five spots higher in my ranking. So I got to go with Brevin Jordan here. Also, the you. Sorry. <laughs> the you. Yes. Well, good. I yeah, won a challenge. There we go. Mr. Brevin Jordan slotting in for Matt's pick. Love to see that. <laughs> Here at 2.06. And plus, he's got the early breakout age. He's got a crazy peak production, like 30% dominator rating. I mean, analytically speaking, he's going to be super young tight end with capital, with the production profile, double of what you need to count as a breakout for tight end. So really love to see it there. Uh, so I am actually going to make it interesting here, I, I, I hope, and just go back-to-back tight ends and say that Pat Fryermuth at 2.07 is the value pick as well because same argument top tier capital uh there's it feels like a tier break is still at running back and maybe a tier break at wide receiver i think pat frymuth you know all the all the top quarterbacks are gone i think pat frymuth here at 2.07 is the way to go i'll challenge that i just think there's way too many uh good wide receivers left on the board i have a couple of running backs i like more in fact i will put up one jermar jefferson Jamar Jefferson. Oh, uh, I'm man. I'm really glad I was muted there because uh, I'm not happy with you. Um, 
Well, to me, he's one of the next one of the next running backs that I think can really produce. Uh, he he is to me uh, the start of the next tier of running backs. Uh, whereas Pat Farmuth, I, I think he will have a solid career in the NFL, but I think you're going to have to wait a while before you really see a high end uh, production. If you're talking about a 12 team t- non premium tight like tight end non premium league, I just don't know how how quickly you'll be slotting Pat Firemuth into your lineup where Jamar Jefferson uh, could be a breakout running back. I'm not a spiteful person, Travis. I'm not. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna hold off and uh, Pat Firemuth stays. I'm only gonna hold off based on the lot. I feel like you made a pretty decent argument for the fact that Pat, if Pat Firemuth and Brevin Jordan both get top 40 overall pick capital. I think that getting them in this range is probably where they're going to fall. And I think that while I do like Jamar Jefferson, I think that when you're talking about these running backs, there is a a big question mark at this yeah. point. And I don't think there's any guarantee of who's going to be the first non-Harris uh, Etienne Williams picked. So at yeah. that point, I think with the uncertainty, even though I very clearly like uh, Jeremiah more than I like Pat Frymuth or Brevin Jordan or even my own pick of Kadarius Tony, I'm going to leave this one. But just know if this were my spot, I'm not taking Pat Frymuth. I'm okay. taking a player that I want to watch play football. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. But we, we are five challenges in. So there's only one more challenge left. And I think it's yours, Matt, right? Correct. It okay. is. Okay. Well, 2.08. Let's see if you use it right here on Stefan's pick. Who you got? Um, I'm going Tylen Wallace. Um, he's my next ranked wide receiver. I think he's really good. He was able to produce with not great quarterbacks. I think he has the potential to be a really solid player in the NFL. I'm going to keep it short because we're getting up against that time. But yes, yeah, Tylen Wallace for me is next. I love that pick right there. Value pick. Always a Boletnikov finalist type player. Matt, to you at 2.09. I guess I'm going back to the well. Let's put Kadarius Tony draft capital. I still don't like him more than Jermar, but whatever. I think at this point, yeah, draft capital. Okay, well, I will then snipe you and take your guy, Jamar Jefferson, running back, Oregon State. I mean, people forget that as a true freshman, he had like 1,500 yards, uh, struggled with health as a sophomore, but then again, it had the season that everyone wanted Chuba Hubbard to have. And so 2.10, Jamar Jefferson, running back, Oregon State, through 22 picks. Stefan, back to you. Are you just, in a fight, you, by the way. You, you, just, you just said his name, <laughs> Chuba Hubbard. Um, I know he didn't produce the way we wanted him to this year. Man, I'm going to give him a pass. This was a weird offseason. It was a weird season in general. That team had offensive line issues. Hubbard, I think, still – I mean, this time last year, he w- we were talking about him and Etienne as our one and two. Um, I'm just not ready to give up on him yet. This late, it doesn't feel that risky. Give me Chuba Hubbard. He's got just yeah. crazy upside. Agree. I'm, I'm not going to challenge there. I, I, it was between him and Jamar at this point. I think Chupa keeps falling, I guess, by perception, but I don't get it either. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to, not going to, I don't even have a challenge to, to give, but I, Matt, are you going to challenge that? I'm not going to challenge it. Uh, I like other running backs better, but it's not egregious. And I'm going to take one of those running backs I like better. That's Kenneth Gainwell. He was not an opt out on a like reason that was, oh, I just don't feel like hurting my body anymore. Uh, his, he had legit family reasons in. Yeah. Maybe he uh, gained a little bit of weight, and yeah. he's not so skinny. And if he's not so skinny, I love Kenneth Gainwell at the next level. Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue there. I mean, if he, if he figures out how to gain some weight and maintain some speed, I mean, he had that 1,500-yard season, had 51 catches, uh, you know, just a year ago. So can't knock that. I'm, 
love that. And again, like you already mentioned, you you said that we're fighting. We're definitely fighting now because that was definitely going to be my pick. Uh, so I'm just a little bit, just a little bit better uh, about that selection. Not not too much, but uh, I am going to go ahead and make the pick that I think is going to get challenged here as the final challenge to kick off round three. Uh, and that is with uh, Chaterius Tutu Atwell out of Louisville, wide receiver. I think he's seven pounds soaking wet, but he's one of the best deep threats in all of college football and can be an absolute difference maker. So Chaterius Tutu Atwell. No, I'm not, I'm not challenging this pick because he was probably going to be my pick in two picks. So, Boom. Uh, Boom. Yep. I love that pick. <laughs> awesome. Well, Tutu Atwell it is. Back to you, Stefan. Okay, this one's getting challenged. Kylan Hill. I love yes, him. Yes, challenge. Michael Carter. <laughs> yeah. You don't oh, even like man. Michael Carter. So I don't care. He was out. He was more productive than Javante Williams as a runner, just not as a touchdown producer. And yeah, he's going to have higher capital than Kylan Hill, who basically sure. played a third of a year. But here's the thing. He may have higher draft capital, but neither one of them is going day one or day two, most likely. So at this point, give me the guy who has better talent and to me it's kylan hill and it's not even close man i respect that it. that is tough i actually like both Travis of them I, I actually i'm gonna go with michael carter though I, I i was really impressed uh this year by his contact balance his vision his his burst he just looked like a different player year over year uh looks like he's ready to be a pro and really he is same school and everything he is a giovanni bernard clone so he's not going to be a feature I don't see that happening at the next level, but I think he could get capital. I think he could, he could get round three capital, if, if not uh, even late round two capital, just because of his ridiculous final season. Whereas Kylan Hill had kind of uh, an imperfect finish to his college career. I, I, I can't project the capital with the same confidence with Kylan Hill. So I'm going to stick with Michael Carter, and we are out of challenges. So let's just lightning round to finish it up here. Matt, over to you at the 3.03. I'm going to go with the best Auburn wide receiver on the board, and that's Seth Williams. Guy's a burner. Guy can stretch the field. Uh, he's not actually as fast as Schwartz, I don't believe, but he was really productive, and I'm a big fan of his. So, Seth Williams. Okay, so that's kind of a bummer. I was I was hoping. See, I'm a, I'm a huge Auburn fan, so I wanted to just be a homer, and I didn't really have it. You know, I hadn't made a homer pick in a while, so Seth Williams – was going to be my pick. We, we are we are still fighting. Uh, you know, I'm just going to say that uh, Kyle Trask is going to get uh, some decent uh, capital. Uh, as a quarterback six, a guy who could still get top 50 capital in this draft if somebody wants to reach for him. Uh, I think yeah, mid, middle of the third round, Kyle Trask is probably, this is probably where he's going to go once the once the draft is said and done. Stay fine at 3.05. Kylan Hill? <laughs> I'll get him this time around. <laughs> Kylan Hill. I'm going to have, yeah, I'm gonna have to all the Kylan Hill and Diami Brown shares this year. I can already tell. Yep. I mean, hey, this board would definitely say that is the case unless I'm in a league with you and then snipe Diami Brown from you. Uh, right. But you can you can keep Kylan, but <laughs> 3.06, Matt, over to you. Javian Hawkins. Ooh, Javian Hawkins. I, I know some people that are really, really high on him. What, what's your thing with Javian here? Uh, two receptions per game, seven touchdowns in eight games, uh, and averaged over six yards per carry. Uh, and then he quit on his team. I like quitters. Uh, <laughs> no, I, he just he was a productive back. Uh, got some usage in the kick return game as a as a redshirt freshman and had fifteen hundred yards as a redshirt freshman. It's really hard to argue him. Uh, against his production and honestly at this point just kind of hope that maybe he lands in a spot where the depth chart sucks <laughs> there you go 
that, that you can you can always hope anyway. And I'm going to actually go. I'm going to uh, at this slot here. I'm going to go with Amon Ra St. Brown at 3.07. Uh, I don't really necessarily like his profile. His production profile is not great, uh, but out of USC. Uh, has a pedigree. Uh, years ago, he was a number one overall wide receiver right next to uh, Justin Shorter, who definitely flamed out. Uh, so what do we think there, guys? Uh, he was my next guy, too. Okay, well, over to you, Stefan. Uh, I loved him preseason. Yeah, not so much now. <laughs> Less. Yeah, awesome. Well, Stefan, over to you. Um, I'm going with a, kind of a, a dark horse here. As far as beginning of the season, no one knew his name, but Dwayne Eskridge is rising up people's draft boards. He's going to get the draft capital. I don't think by the time we're actually doing rookie drafts, he's going to be available this late into the third round. I think he's going to have just incredible, incredible uh, capital, and we'll see him go much earlier than this. So to me, it's a value play play right here. Nice. I like that value here as well. I I don't even like him at all, but once you get this late, getting a guy that could be a burner and could sneak into some capital is interesting. I like it ish, but I don't like him. So I'm going to take <laughs> a player because I'm still a homer and he played one year for Ohio State. I hated him before it. Uh, but Trey Sermon, you can't argue with how he finished the year other than, I mean, ignoring the national championship where he got hurt on the first play. But he was my Trey next Sermon pick. Like he was a monster down the stretch, and you can't really be mad about that. Yeah, he was a, an absolute monster down the stretch, and then he got hurt like right at the very beginning of the national championship. It really just stunk to see him go down in that way. But yeah, uh, so I'm actually going to go with the guy who had an even stronger finish and was the reason that Trey Sermon actually transferred out of Oklahoma. I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson, the guy who had 876 yards from scrimmage in his final six games. Just an absolute beast. He just had his pro day, ran a 4.63. Not great, but he's actually 230 pounds. And uh, has some wiggle to go with that size and some decent receiving ability. So Ramondre Stevenson this late, I think he could sneak into some capital a la Deontay Foreman, but actually talented. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to go Sage Surratt, uh, Wake Forest wide receiver. Uh, he struggles a little bit with separation, but I think, um, you know, given the right situation, he could flourish. Uh, this late again, I'm willing to take the upside play with a guy like him. Okay, well, so to right finish now. out the draft, and <laughs> Stefan, you, you, I know you got some place to be, so thanks for joining us on the show. It's always, go- yeah. it's always good. I just want to say one last thing before I take off. The last guy on my board, just to bring it home from preseason <laughs> talk, to Maury and Terry. Yeah. Make you live hey. on forever. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, gosh, he disappointed. But, uh, yeah, by the way, you guys, just before, just so you know, you guys are like my two – uh, most critically acclaimed guests uh, have have some people chime in uh, as like a sample size of like, like you know it's been like four people so don't don't toot your tone <laughs> to your own too much but you know like four people you know out of the blue is like hey I really love it when Stefan and Matt come on the show you guys have a lot of fun and make it fun for our listeners so appreciate you guys fun. but Stefan you, you I'll get talk to you guys it. yeah man I'm and then talk I'll, to my therapist now I'll, I'll let y'all. you know how bad Matt's pick is that's right I'll be listening. <laughs> All right, Matt, to round out the draft, who is your you know, last and terrible pick here? I hate you guys for making me pick Tamori on Terry. <laughs> oh, I hate it. You're actually going to do it. so much. Okay. It's, I don't like – well, here's the issue. I didn't hate him <clears throat> as a player. When I watched him, obviously, I saw some things. I was like, oh, wow, he looks really good. He looks really athletic. He's huge, and he seems like a burner. He runs like 22 miles an hour on the field. You can't really argue that. The issue at hand I have with him. He sucks. His profile constantly is super like 
it's it's one where you're like, man, this guy's gonna go out and put up like a forty dominator. Nope. No, we need to not. have a metric. We uh, need to have an official Rotoviz metric for that. Like I thought you were actually gonna. There's just one thing I hate about him, and he sucks. <laughs> no, it's it's me. Let's be clear. Yeah, I just yeah, don't think. He's a guy that is constantly expected to be amazing, and he has underperformed along the way uh, at every yeah. turn. I don't love him, but at a certain point, you just have to look at a guy that's that athletic and say, all right, he's probably going to be impressive, yeah. and some team will fall in love with him. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that, that's where I am with, with Terry. I think we had such high hopes. I think a lot of people in the Debbie and, and college fantasy uh, football community, we wanted Terry to be a thing because he had this crazy speed at like 6'4". Uh, and, you know, he looks like, you know, he's not going to be Randy Moss or anything, but, you know, he, he looks like he could do something great. And then this past year struggled in his very limited action, uh, dropped, you know, what could have been his best play of the season. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's just inconsistent, I guess. That's that's the biggest concern with Tamori on Terry. He but. was like a turn pick in Debbie Mox that this time last year. Yeah, he was, he was going huge. in the one-two turn. Yeah, man, and then just dropped off completely. So he's he's not, you know, all of his talent and ability didn't just disappear. He still got athleticism for days. But just to recap here, because we, we just talked about 36 players in one hour. So <laughs> that was a lot of information to digest. But just to recap here, we've got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Jamar Chase, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Javante Williams, Rondell Moore, Jalen Waddell, and Kyle Pitts. That's that's a jam-packed first round right there. Any like surprises to you, Matt, that stood out? I mean, Lance over Wilson will probably be is a bit of a surprise to people. I think Bateman not being a first round pick might be a surprise to some. Yeah. Especially because uh, he just, and he I, just I mean, smoked his 40 yard dash, so people are still drooling over that. I mean, it's just one of those things where you look at it and go, all right, well. It's a, we kind of have a loaded wide receiver class. And when that happens, you start to see some guys fall. So I know people are going to think we're crazy for Terrace Marshall falling uh, out of the first, um, but not Deami Brown. No one's going to be mad at us for that one. But I I mean, I would say Javante Williams going at nine when Moore and Waddle are on the board might be a bit of a surprise, but that was a little bit of a strategic look at the board. Look at who's. Yeah what positional, that gap is and the fact that yeah positional gap there there's a huge drop running back there so i think that that makes sense and really javante williams his hype train has kind of got gotten out of control here lately so um i think you started I'll, it i yeah we, yeah we can't i kind of did but that's another discussion for another day but then rashad bateman to kick off round two diami brown might surprise people at 2.02 of course elijah moore terrace marshall mac jones Revan Jordan, the tight end, Matt, Fry- Matt, Pat Fryermuth, the tight end, Penn State, Tylen Wallace, Kadarius Tony, Jamar Jefferson, Chuba Hubbard, and Kenneth Gainwell. Had a little bit of a running back run to round out round two there. Any surprises that kind of stand out that, that you think might change once the NFL draft actually happens? Since I'm a little worried about Chuba's draft capital, uh, I think he might be the one that we see kind of just fall off the face of the earth. Really, with these running backs, I think we're all sort of hedging. We're kind of sitting here thinking which one of these guys is going to get enough capital that their roster spot is going to be safe. (laughs) I mean, they're not going to be uh, a late training camp cut or they're going to maybe be the running back two on a depth chart. And with each one of those guys, I think they all have that chance. And we're just hoping they're early, I mean, late third, early fourth and not late fifth. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's, so. the, that's the thing. Like uh, probably it's going to be that more than three running backs get taken in the first 22 or 20, 21 picks in the running back, you know, in, in real rookie drafts, because once these landing spots actually happen and one or two of these guys actually gets more capital than we thought it, it might change, but uh, right now, I think we're we're just apprehensive because this is a just objectively weak running back class overall. Especially, man, could you imagine it? You know, if Najee Harris and Travis Etienne were not in it. So, but to round three, we wanted to add the third round just because there's so many good names to talk about in this class. Like Tutu Atwell kicking it off here in third the third round. Michael Carter could be the guy who passes all the running backs that we had uh, above him. Uh, in round two, actually, out of North Carolina. And then pick three, Seth Williams. And then Kyle Trask, you know, his draft capital is going to be the deciding factor. He could be 10 picks higher than this or completely off the face of the earth. But Kyle Trask, uh, quarterback Florida, had a great production profile until, you know, he lost a couple of his most valuable weapons, both of which were drafted ahead of him in this rookie draft. So Kyle Trask at the fourth pick in third round. Kyle uh, Kylan Hill, Javion Hawkins, Amon Ross St. Brown, Dwayne Eskridge, Trey Sermon, Ramondre Stevenson, Sage Surratt, and Tamorian Terry. Anything uh, from this crew that you feel like could definitely change in a big way? So, I mean, I think you guys mentioned Eskridge. If he does get this capital that the hype train after the Senior Bowl like range started to come out with, if he does start to get that early capital, I do think he's going to probably move into that second round. Uh, and honestly, again, we go back to the which one of these next tier running backs is going to make that jump, whether it's Hawkins, Sermon, uh, Hill, Carter, any of those guys. I mean, Stevenson, I forgot to mention him, and I hyped him a lot this year. Uh, Any one of those guys could be the fourth running back off the board. Like, I really don't think it's inconceivable that any one of those guys. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's 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 where where we can see the board. Once you see that. Yeah. The, the board with running backs could change completely. Uh, just It's just going to be weird to see how the NFL values that late-season surge by Sermon and Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson over over more complete resume guys uh, that we had taken yeah. higher. But, I, I mean, seriously, it, it, any of these guys could be the running back four after we get past those those big three that have, have seemingly emerged as uh, all consensus top 50 overall real draft capital selections but man appreciate you uh, coming on matt on uh, stefan uh, who's already gone you really do enjoy just talking football with you guys making funny approving you know telling you guys are wrong about stuff it's always <laughs> always a good time uh but uh, anything you uh you want to plug before we uh, sign off no i'm, I'm probably going to be kind of silent for a while i um i haven't mentioned on the show but i'm my baby is my first kid is due in a week yes. um Awesome. So I'm probably going to take like a month off and uh, <laughs> allow uh, myself to be a little more available to help out my wife around the house. But yeah. beyond that, I, I mean, I'll be back next year. I'll be back on the road of his college football pod. I'll be uh, writing somewhere. I don't know if I'm going to be doing my weekly article again next year, but I'm definitely we'll going to be doing some sports betting stuff as well. So nice. uh, it's going to be, I, I, I will be around and talking <laughs> football and if you ever want to hear bad takes about Ohio State or just seeing the <laughs> uh, seeing f bombs thrown out left and right whenever there's bad play, follow me at Wispy the Kid on Twitter. <laughs> man, you, you pitched it so well. Oh man! <laughs> well, congratulations, so you. congratulations on the first kid, and thanks again for joining me. 
uh, on another College to Canton podcast. And listeners, I can't believe we're already, you know, a month and a half till the NFL draft. It's kind of crazy. Going to be talking about these rookies more. Going to be talking about some college football players again here soon. But, man, I just look forward to you all joining me again soon for many more episodes of the College to Canton podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.